Welcome to the Wandering Sun Podcast. I am your host, Eric Villatoro. And if this is your first time on the podcast, what we usually do here is have conversations with people who are actively being transformed by Jesus. And today I have a man of God, Prophet Jordan Bryce, lead pastor of Noba, Noba Hub Church in Manassas, but now is going to a new building in Woodbridge, Virginia. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, bro. Thank you for coming on, bro. Yeah, definitely. Love to be here. Um, first of all, congratulations on the on the on the new building. Is this your first official building for the church? Yes, we started in a house. We moved from one house to another house to another house, and then we ended up um, in a hotel. We started growing like wildfire. So this is our first official building that we can call our own. Even though it's rented, um, we can go in yeah. whenever we want, um, leave whenever we want. Um, I'm really excited about this. Well, look, man, I was excited because I actually got to be in, in in your church, what, like two, I think this was like two days ago? Yeah, two nights ago on a Wednesday night service. Yes. And um, so I went out to Manassas and it was it was just bad weather. But as soon as I was stepping out of my office to go come see you, um, I felt a lot of peace and I knew that the Lord was going to do something special by yeah. me visiting there. And it definitely happened. And uh, man, <laughs> it's good, man. <laughs> you know, you know, my favorite, my favorite part, I'm not going to lie, other than the word that you gave me, which is, was extremely accurate, by the way, wow. um, was the praise session. <laughs> that yeah. praise, like... <laughs> This is my, I've been saved for about a year and a half. This is all new to me. Wow. And th- that was just amazing, man. How, how, how have you guys been able to, what, what is the key to be able to cultivate that environment that you guys have there? I think one of the biggest things um, is a culture with no shame. Um, uh-huh. I think a lot of times people are much more expressive to God than what they give off. Mm. And so when, when we create that, that culture or that atmosphere of, hey, no matter how crazy your dance is, mm. no matter how raspy your voice is, um, you do it unto God, we're not going to mock you. We're not going to make fun of you. We may have laughed a little bit, but, you know, we're all kind of crazy on the inside. Um, yeah. We create that culture where it's okay to do that kind of stuff. People will really um, let their true colors fly with the Lord. Um, you know, you've heard the phrase dance like nobody's looking. Well, that's how yeah, they do it yeah. at church. They literally dance like nobody's looking um, because they've really um, mastered um, the subject of dancing before the audience of one, you know? Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. And I saw you be very active too, even with the with the worship team. I was looking at you and, um, you know, you were, you were also even conducting a little bit as they were like playing <laughs> the instruments, which is really cool to see, you know? Yeah, well, I used to be a worship leader and I used to be um, a musician at um, some mm-hmm. of my old churches that I used to um, be at. So, you know, with that being said, you know, it always is difficult for the musicians when the pastor um, is an ex-worship leader or a musician, because that's the part where the leader is going to home the, the, the greatest into, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm a little rough with my musicians, but also they didn't know some of the songs. So, you know, we have these things in the music world called Numbers where right. I can just throw a few numbers up and you know what to play from there. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, okay, so four to the one to the six, yeah. play that, you know, cause you know, I, I know what it's like, you know? Nah, man, it was amazing. I was, I was legit. Um, I, I walked out of there just, it was just really, really powerful. And we were able to capture some footage 
um, yeah. of the worship session and even watching it back, um, watching the diversity that you guys have there, um, uh, the how the musicians are even playing with each other, you know, um, and then it, it's beautiful. That in itself is is beautiful to see how their their uh, their chemistry, um, and then you obviously coming on and, and sharing a word and and knowing exactly what your congregation needs. And um, I was just watching you, man, and I was very very intrigued with how you move because at some point you were even you were sitting on the side when um when they were worshiping um and then i saw you at some point you were in the crowd um just kind of taking it in and then you would come back up um and so it's just interesting you would you were you know just just getting getting uh uh what what, what can you ex- explain in your own words what you were doing in that moment by just going to the different parts of the room well, well, with me personally, I was, you know, I was kind of like just like studying over my, my what I was going to teach that night, just kind of looking yeah. back over again. When I eventually moved, one because we had a guest worship leader that night, um, Melanie, and you know Melanie, Melanie's worship is rare on Come planet on, Earth, you know. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes, most of the time on a regular day, you won't see me do that mm. um, because you know I, you know, I've pretty much trained the worship team. Yeah. Um, where, where they're at now, go all glory to God. But, I, um, and I love them. They're amazing at what they do. Um, my, my spiritual daughter, Margarita, she helps lead worship. Papa K is the worship director. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I train them to where they're at. So I'll sit up there make sure everything's all right usually. But when a guest worship leaders in town, it's all on them. That's their problem mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. so more so I just want to be in a state where I can receive from the gift that's coming into the house. And sometimes when you're mm-hmm. up in the front, everyone's watching you, all eyes are on you. Um, you know, sometimes you got to be up there to govern, but other times when I'm not needed, I'd rather just sit in the audience and just receive what the Lord has for me without worrying about who's watching me, about who's paying attention to me. I was um, definitely watching you. I was definitely there watching you, man. Um, look, I wanted, so I, I, we spoke a little bit right before um, we got on camera, but uh, I'll just say it on camera where I, I woke up this morning and I didn't really have any questions planned for you. I didn't, um, I kind of had an idea where I wanted to take this, but, um, you know, I'm just really leaning on the Holy Spirit. And when I woke up this morning, I felt the urge to go on my phone and go into your page on your Instagram page. And so I went on your Instagram page and I scrolled and then randomly uh, just picked a photo um, and I landed on part of your testimony and I mm-hmm. read um, this caption and I was like, whoa, this is it. You know, this is, this is, this is, we have to talk about this. Obviously I, I can come up with different things to, to talk about, but that's what I love about the Holy Spirit is that at the end of the day, he'll lead me into where he wants to go and he wants to, um, 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 uh, just share to the people. And so if you don't mind, I would love to read this post and then, um, let's just go through some of the things that you said, because it's super interesting. If you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So you posted this on December 13th of 2018. It said, I don't commonly share my personal story, but I felt the need to do it in this post. I want to introduce you to 17-year-old Jordan. This was my senior year in high school. I was cocky, arrogant, mean-spirited, and 100% closed off. I would preach and prophesy effectively to others uh, while still being bound up in pornography. I'll tell, I'll tell you a secret. I was even casting out demons while having a sin struggle. I had encountered the Lord on numerous occasions at this point, and my heart really loved Jesus, but I still had a bondage. Nothing could ever prepare me for what came next during the summer of 2012. 
I don't, I don't talk about this often on social media in, in parentheses. Uh, to make a long story short, one night while, um, while praying on the side of my bed, I had a face-to-face encounter with the Lord Jesus. My friend and family know the whole story. After this encounter, my zeal for holiness went to another level. The gifts of the Spirit turned on at full blast. The presence of God that would meet me at night at the same time was astounding. But most importantly, I fell in love with the person of Jesus in a way I couldn't describe. He is my best friend, and you aren't able to convince me that I'm not his best friend. There is nothing special about me except that I have seen the Son of Man face to face, and as a result, I will never be the same. I love me some Jesus. <laughs> um, I just thought this was amazing, man, and and I want to the the main part that I want to go first is you being encounter face to face to Jesus. I need you to share that, man, because that <laughs> is crazy. Because <laughs> you think about, you know, a lot of people don't even believe in Jesus, right? Right. You had this encounter. Can you just share what what happened? Yeah, I, as best as I can. Actually, this was not only my first encounter with Jesus. This was my, I mean, this was, well, this, I took a trip to heaven, actually. Um, okay. The, All right. Uh, so we got to talk about that too. But okay, we'll take it step by step. Come on. <laughs> So I'm sitting on the side of my bed praying. Okay. It's the summer after I graduated from high school. Um, and I'm really seeking the Lord, going after God, um, really just pursuing him. I wanted him to use me. But also um, during 2012, I just had this deep hunger to encounter him and to know him. Hmm. And so I remember um, I'm on the side of my bed praying. And eventually I found myself in a trance where I was taken out of my body. Wow. Um, I'm standing I found myself when I, when I li- I'm lifted up to this plane, it was a grassy plane. Um, it was, you know, beautiful. It was one of the most beautiful scenes I've seen in my life. Um, after that, I see what looked like wind, but I could see the wind. The wind would come down and dance in the grass and go mm. up in the air and then dance in the grass again. It was as if the wind was a person itself um, that was going up in the air and dancing with beautiful green almost brownish sometimes, but it wasn't like a dead brown, but it was just green, brown grass. And I remember seeing the Lord. Um, I won't talk about the form that he came to me. Just a lot of stuff was involved with it, but he came up to me and I was terrified in the, in the, in the, in the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the vision, I turn around and I start hauling it in the other direction. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not <laughs> happening to me. Um, and so I leap over a rock, and I, and I hide behind the rock, quivering in the, in the rock. And before I know it, something like strong fascination and curiosity just got the best of me. I had to look at him one more time. So I peek over the rock. Next thing I know, I'm standing in front of the rock. And I'm standing face to face with the Lord. He didn't open his mouth. He didn't say anything. Yet he spoke to me the whole time. He began to share with me who I was called to be what I was called to be, where I would go, um, how much he loved me, how much he cared about me. Um, And the interesting thing enough, he never addressed my struggle with sin. Wow. He never said anything about it, which was mind blowing to me because you would expect, you know, know, in in my mind, I'm thinking he wants to address that first and foremost. But all he cared about was who I was, how much he loved me, Wow. And where he was going to send me and how I was going to do it. 
He shared all these secrets with me of things that were to come in my life. Some things that I can remember, some things that I don't remember, but I remember he said certain things to me. And sometimes even when they happen, I'm like, oh, he said this to me. And um, then, you know, I looked at him. He looked at me. I actually ran my fingers through his hair, um, which is a total, which is an experience within itself. Um, And then um, I remember um, turning around, opening my eyes, and I was in my body on the side of my bed again. And so that was that encounter with Jesus that I had in 2012. Wow. Is this um, is this the same moment where you heard from the Lord that you were called to be a prophet? Um, or this well, was a different moment? Well, yes. He, he told me I was a prophet in that moment. Yeah. But um, before that, it was I already knew I was a prophet. Just by mm-hmm. virtue of being raised in a Holy Spirit-filled church, I had numerous prophets throughout the years who would come to my church. My grandmother's actually an apostle and I was under her for years. Mm-hmm. And so numerous prophets would come to town and says, this boy is called to be a prophet. This boy is called to be a mouthpiece of God. Um, God confirmed within my own spirit at times that I was called to be his prophet. Um, and so, you know, I had numerous confirmations. I was already kind of sure, but this moment right here, I would say was more than just saying you're called to be a prophet, but this was more so of I'm commissioning you to go forth and be my prophet now. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, it was insane. I, I got to ask this just because like I have to ask this, but like what what is his hair felt like? What is his hair felt like? Like what is that? Um, what is that like? What? It, I mean, it felt, it felt slightly coarse, yet it was still um, smooth and silk to the touch. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow that's interesting so i mean let's so let's go back to this post um you you have this radical encounter and obviously from what you wrote this let you into a, a, a whole other level of holiness of seeking holiness right Definitely. um and you mentioned that you were struggling with um, um pornography mm-hmm. now i want to touch on that because that was something that the Lord broke out of me when I first came to to Jesus and, and became right. a follower. I was able to defeat pornography. Um, and as I've been walking with the Lord within the last year and a half, mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, when I first, uh, when the Lord took me away from pornography, I thought that in my world, it was like, oh, this is, we could just beat this. Right. Because I, I don't have this urge anymore. Like I don't, it's done. Like, okay, this is easy. Like, okay. And then I, obviously as I started talking with other people. Um, I realized that there's people that have been in the church for a long time and are still struggling with this monster. Mm-hmm. Um, could you just speak on that, on that process that you had to go through now, then after, you know, encountering Jesus of, uh, then being broken out of that. And what can you say to people that are going through that? Well, one of the things when I've learned about pornography is you can stop cold turkey or you can get off through a process. Mm-hmm. Um, in each one, there is nothing more supernatural about either one. Me, I leaned more towards the cold turkey, but um, I've learned through pastoring, through working with people, that both of the processes or both times are very, very supernatural mm-hmm. because both of them require... The, the fruit of the spirit to really be manifested on the inside of you. Yes. Yeah. Um, now with me, when it, when it was broken off of me, I, um, it was broken off of me because I was so in love. 
Um, my biggest thing, Jesus was already real to me, but he was more real to me up to this point. And my biggest thing was not just pornography or masturbation. It was more so sin in general. Yeah. I wanted to please him so bad that I didn't want to engage with anything else that would try to bring me more pleasure. Yeah. Because at that point, he became my greatest pleasure. Mm. Going into the presence of God became the greatest experience, the highlight of my day. And so I think a lot of people who are struggling with pornography, a lot of times they're just looking for a relief or a highlight to their day. Right. Escaping Something that brings bored. feeling back to yeah. them. Because I think we're, especially as men, we're taught to be numb. And pornography is sometimes that substitute to feeling something again. Mm. And so when I would go into the presence of God, I would tangibly feel the presence of God in a way that I've never felt him before. And it was my pleasure for the day. It, 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 he was the greatest thing I look forward to. You wow. know, some people who struggle really bad with daily pornography, you can talk to them and find out like, man, I can't wait to get home and look at pornography because yeah. it's the pleasure for my day. So my, the, 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 the desire of my day shifted. And it was like, I can't wait to get back home and spend time in the presence of God. Wow. I can't wait to get back home and hear what he has to say to me. I can't wait to get in the car and get by myself to encounter him because my soul craved intimacy and pornography is nothing but a false intimacy. It's, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a substitute to what God really wants to give us. Man, this is so interesting because I, I've, I've been telling people that I haven't, I've experienced Jesus in a way, in my personal life, in where uh, there was one time where I felt like his hands wrapped my heart when I was going through really something, like something really tough. And I was supposed to feel jealousy, envy, hate, and all of these emotions in that moment. And I felt his hands um, wrapped around my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I felt the same thing that you felt when it comes to just being in love and saying, man, I, I just, I'm just going to go after it 100%. Um, and so at some point when I when I thought about pornography and beating pornography, I thought about that there's a lack of revelation of that love of Jesus. Um, now, it's it's very interesting though because it's very easy to say, okay, like uh, I have the tangible presence of of Jesus, and and there's people out there who are, are wanted don't get it right or or can't receive it or it's not happening for them or they're saying i'm not feeling anything what can what can people do to get to that point where they're feeling a tangible presence is a tangible presence needed to fall in love completely with jesus no i wouldn't say so but here's my thing that's what i always tell people who struggle for the presence of god stay in faith in the same way a person stays in faith for their healing for their deliverance for anything stay in faith yeah. If we are the bride of Christ, and this is why I always tell people, if we are the, the, the betrothed of Christ, what kind of husband doesn't want to physically touch his wife? Right. What kind of husband doesn't want to put his hands on his wife? I I I, I question his level of love for her if if he does if he doesn't want to touch her. Um, and so my thing is I believe the presence of God or the Lord, the Holy Spirit wants to touch people Mm. more than we want him to. Mm. And so I think also sometimes in faith, we have to learn how to shift our perspective and to understand that though we are pursuing it and we may not be getting results, he wants to touch us more than we want to be touched physically by his presence. Now for me, 
what brought me to that place of seeking him for that level of presence, for that level of tangibility, was the fact that everybody else around me seemed to be encountering him in that way. Mm. And I wasn't. So it provoked a holy jealousy. You know, I would feel the presence of God every now and then, you know, it was, but it was far and few in between, you know, and it was in no way, shape or form the way I feel him today. Because today, like, I, like you know, while talking to you, Eric, I've felt him about three times, to, like touch me. And this was not a normality for me, you know, before I, before I had that encounter with him. But I was so hungry for that, that I pressed myself into that realm. My grandma has a, a power, very powerful thing. She says, sometimes you have to labor to enter into a rest. Say that one more time. My grandma says this very powerful quote. She says, sometimes you have to labor to enter into a rest. Wow. And so in that time of seeking, I was seeking him. May not have felt the presence of God. Asking and asking, praying and praying, believing and believing. And right. there was a point where I ran into him and he gave me what I wanted. Gave me more than what I wanted, honestly. Mm. And so sometimes people are not, who, who don't experience the presence of God, for me, some of the first encounters I had with his presence were not as a result of someone laying hands on me. And I think oftentimes we depend on the pastor, the leader to lay hands on us and for us to fall on the floor to encounter his presence. Right. But obviously that wasn't working too well for me because that was few and far between. So I said, I need this for myself. And so I think sometimes Holy Spirit is really asking us to partner with him to come away with him and not depend on the hands of a man, but to depend on his hand in private. Mm. That's what I would tell most people who've not been able to experience the tangible presence of God. But people think that I was just given this encounter. No, I was in the middle of fasting, in the middle of praying, in the middle mm. of believing, deep seeking, interrupting my schedule because I wanted him so bad. Mm. And that's what the Bible says. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be satisfied or filled. Yeah. So my thing is develop the hunger. A lack of hunger is a sign of a lack of health in any case. So you, if you don't have the hunger for it, ask God to give you the hunger to restore your health in him. How do I get hunger? I give myself the appetizers. I read the word. I study who he is. Come on. And the more I eat of him, the more hunger I'm going to get, which is going to increase my desperation. And he'll always meet me in the place of my desperation. Mm, that's good. What did, what, how would you describe um, when, you know, when you feel the presence of the Lord, like how would you describe that? Like right now you just said you felt him three times. Yeah. <laughs> what does that feel like? Um, well, for um, you, for different, it, it, it comes on. I, I feel the presence of the Holy spirit in different ways. One thing that's very common that a lot of people said they experience with him is like electricity or like, or you'll call it the tingles or whatever. Um, I like, I'll feel like electricity go through my, the back of my head, um, down the sides of my face, um, sometimes in my face, down um, in my hands, up and down my arms, in my chest. Um, the most common, that, that's not actually the most common way I feel him. The most common way I feel him is I will feel almost like someone is taking their hand and pressing against the center of my back. Hmm. Sometimes it feels like someone took, I don't know, like a hot, I don't know, like a hot washcloth and like, like, and like pulses of heat or fire will shoot down my back or down my arms and different things. That's what, how usually I feel him. Or I'll feel in tremendous heat where I like, I'll begin to sweat profusely because it'll feel like fire is all in my stomach. Sheesh. Like tangible fire in my stomach. What was the most intense experience that you had with the Holy Spirit? 
I've had so many, man. It's like, but what uh, would you put like that? You like, man, that was. Well, that it was, was really. It was really after that encounter. Um, yeah. After that encounter, um, I'll never forget either before before that encounter or right after that encounter. Um, <clears throat> the presence of God came in my room. Didn't recognize what it felt like because it was a whole nother level. I was in the middle of seeking His face. Um, the power of God. I would try to get up and walk out my room. The power of God came into my room, lifted me up in the air, and threw me back onto the bed. And I tried to get up again, picked me up in the air and threw me back on the bed. I, the third time, picked me up in the air. I mean, I went up in the air, about three feet in the air. Well, you talking back. about like literal? Literally. Like, like literally. you? I went up in the air and flew back in my bed. Stop playing. The third time I landed on my bed, I'm feeling like electricity shoot from the top. It felt like I took my wet finger and stuck it in a, no, in a, in a socket. And from electricity, <laughs> and I'm laughing, screaming, crying, Whoa. yelling. At the same time, rolling across my bed, yelling at God, saying, it's not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be this way. How old were you? I'm sorry? How old were you when when this happened? I was 18. Wow. Picked you up three times. Picked me up. Another another time during that same, like that entire summer afterwards where I was visited by the Lord, the Lord would come into my room the same time every night. I wouldn't see him. But I feel like I would hear his footsteps. One time he sat on the bed next to me. I literally felt someone sit on the bed next to me and put wow. his hand on my back. That got real scared when that happened. That was really scary. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's enough. Thanks. You know. <laughs> Let's do morning meetings, morning meetings. That's- well, I, I went on a 21-day fast one time, uh-huh. and I couldn't say the word Jesus without being pinned to the floor. I'm like, I'm like the third day of my fast. I said, and the power of God hit me so hard <laughs> and laid me across the floor and I could not move like for about two to three hours. Wow. You know, I love this and this is why I love doing this podcast. Cause I can, I can just ask people about these experiences <laughs> because in the world we are actively seeing darkness be highlighted and be glorified when mm-hmm. it comes to witches when it comes to all these different things it's getting popular on instagram people are reading people's cards and um i even looked up recently bro a person levitating just because i felt peace from the holy spirit to do it and i found like some ritual in africa in the middle of the desert and this guy was literally floating it was a phone footage and everybody was recording this guy was floating in the air doing flips right yeah and i was like whoa right and it's crazy because when i was right before i came to jesus i got my cards read literally like a couple months before right and it was accurate right there was like some things that were very accurate i was like oh this is this is, whoa, this is real. And then when I came yeah. to, to church, the King of the Nations, um, there was a sermon that a pastor was talking about the different sources of power, right? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, one is an imitation and the other one is the real thing. Yeah. And so to hear you even say, man, the Lord lifted me up. That is the real thing, not yeah. the imitation of what we're seeing in these, you know, in witchcraft. Right. Which is... I'm blown away. I'm blown away. Um, man, what in the Bible we see Jesus multiple times talk about the cost, 
right? The cost of, of being a follower, right? Um, what I love about Jesus when I read is that Jesus was never the one to say, follow me, I'm cool, like follow, like everybody, as many people, come on, I got y'all, yeah, like, yeah. come with me, I'm the guy, right? Um, people would follow him and he would always um, uh, put it into perspective as what it would be like to follow him and what you had to leave behind to follow him. Like he was never trying to sugarcoat it. Right. I, wanted, I wanted to ask you about the cost um, of you choosing the life that you are choosing to walk, which is with Jesus, but being a prophet, being a, being a pastor, what, what is specifically in your life, what does that cost look like? Everything. Okay. <laughs> you know, the quote of Catherine Kuhlman comes to mind. Um, one of my favorite preachers from back in the day, she moved in the supernatural. She said, it will cost you. You want to move in healing? You want to be this great man or woman of God? It will. You want to walk close to Jesus? It will cost you everything. It's uh-huh. cost me my reputation. It's cost money. It's cost my personal ambitions. I didn't even want to be a preacher. I wanted to go be a sniper in the military or be a judge. I wanted to be an assassin. That's what I wanted to be. Wow. Um, yeah, honestly, um, I wasn't going to tell anybody, but I wanted to be an assassin. Um, and I wanted, or I wanted to be in a judge or, or sit in a, in a seat somewhere, an attorney or something like that. Something that made more, much more money, um, that made me look cool. But it cost you your own timeline. Hmm. It, um, obviously, you know, had I not been in the ministry, there have been certain things that, that I have been wanting my life to, to look like that haven't, that haven't come to my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, it has cost me my reputation, persecution. I've been labeled, oh God, as so many different things. Um, even by churches, I've been labeled by, I'm not talking about just Baptist churches that don't believe in the supernatural. I'm talking about like tongue-talking, um, supernatural-believing, healing-pursuing churches who have labeled me as a warlock, as a witch, as a wizard, um, wow. who say I'm a false prophet. Um, to walk this close to Jesus, it's it's going to cost some, cost you something. Um, and I think oftentimes when people want this level of God, no pride involved, it's going to require you to lay down what you want and really assess, do you want this more than the other things that you've wanted? Yeah. So very much so, it's a cost. Wow. When I first saw you um, officially, it was it was online, mm-hmm. and um, I had heard about you through Jonathan and and Carlos, who um, you have mentored and you have given even prophetic words to, um, and they confirmed the the truth in your prophetic call. And these are are, are men of God that I look up to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I followed. This was months ago. I I followed you, and I and. When I I really start when you really started catching my attention, I'm not gonna lie, is when I started to see the healing videos. Mm. Um, specifically, the first one that I saw was when you were in Atlanta, Georgia, I believe, and you were getting your hair braided, <laughs> and um, you pull out your phone and you just start doing it right there live, and which I never had seen somebody do that. Just pull out your phone. We've seen I've seen it with people, you know, somebody recording them. They have a camera, mm-hmm. but you just casually put out your phone and, and ask her, hey, should you have a pain? Okay, yeah, I have a pain in my back. Okay, um, sit down for me. And then you proceed to sit her down and then you show her that her feet, um, her legs are not the same length. And mm-hmm. you could see this in the video. And then you proceeded to pray 
and her leg grows out. And then she gets up and her back is healed. Mm -hmm. She is bending down. She is moving and she she can't even believe it. Um, And I was like, what 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 is this could you can, can we just talk about that as far as yeah. like specifically I'm, I'm interested in man what do you hear in that moment like describe that moment in which you're like man i'm gonna pray for her what did you receive from the holy spirit well um Sometimes it just takes an ear to hear the natural things. Oftentimes we um, are waiting Holy Spirit for Holy Spirit to tell us this person has this pain problem or this issue. But sometimes you just have to listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we were uh, while she was she was actually washing my hair before she um, um, retwisted it, and um, she um, basically began to tell me, um, "Yeah, it's been hard lately because you know I've, I've had back, back issues. You know, in this profession, you can't really have back issues because you're standing up all day doing people's hair." And I said, "Wow, that's so unfortunate." Um, and so I just began to casually bring up God and how I love the Lord and how I'm really devoted to Him. And then she actually began to talk to me about her bad experiences in church. She mm-hmm. had began to tell me about how she went to a church that basically all they wanted from her was money and they didn't even pray for her and all these horrible stuff that, that happened. And so, you know, I really just begin to like minister to her and let her know that, you know, um, church people's um, response to you are not necessarily God's um, response to you. Um, And I just really began to love on her. And so I said, do you mind if I pray for you when you're done? I'm twisting my hair. She said, sure. And there was nobody else in in the, um, in the shop. So I just really took the opportune moment. I would have still did it because you know, God could have been glorified in front of everybody else in the shop too, you know? All right. um, <clears throat> and I've seen enough healing in my life to know God will use me to do it. Now, there have been times where I've tried to pray for people and they didn't get healed. Absolutely. Do I claim to have a reason why they didn't get healed? No, I have no clue. Yeah. But there are moments without a shadow of a doubt, I know if I pray for this person or if I minister healing to this person, they're going to get healed in the spot. I call it almost like a gift of faith comes on me. Yeah, And all of a sudden, I just feel and I know by the Spirit of God. Um, no voice comes to me. Holy Spirit doesn't say, hey, I'm going to heal them, even though he's done that before. But there's this moment where I just sense God on the moment. And I just know if I act in faith, then they're going to get healed. And it was just one of those moments where I just felt like, it's almost like a, I feel like in my own heart, light work, easy. You know what I mean? It's almost like... Um, like, can you take this 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 bag of clothes to the car? Easy. Yeah. Light work. You know what I mean? And so, like, in that moment, I feel like this is easy. Got you. And um, I prayed for her, and her leg grew out in front of my eyes, and um, she was healed. As a test your back, you should be healed by now. That's so, crazy. That's crazy. She was gone. She, mess- she messaged me and said the pain is still um, gone, has, has never came back. She's totally healed. Wow. What do you do when um, somebody doesn't get healed? Um, I just love on them. Um, usually, I mean, it's been so, I mean, to be totally honest, it's been so long since someone has not gotten healed because I just learned how to like know those moments hmm. when the Holy Spirit is like, that one's, that one's going to get healed. Right. Um, and so, and sometimes I tell them like, well, I believe you're going to be healed. You speak the language of faith anyways. And, you know, when you're speaking the language of faith, you know, um, and so when you speak the language of faith, uh, sometimes they're like, yeah, it's whatever. 
Um, but the thing is, it's not like you damage them any further if you pray for them and they don't get healed. Right. What is it? What what harm can it do to pray for someone to get them healed? You know. Yeah. So that's that's my view on the thing. But I talk the language of faith. I love on them. Let them know that Jesus loves them still, um, and that I'm still believing for their healing. And mm-hmm. is there anything I can do for them? Can I pray for them for anything else? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll even like pray for them prophetically and give them like a word from God and stuff like that. And so things like that. What's your um, prophetic view on this area, Washington DC specifically? Um, recently I've been, I've been doing some slight, some very slight traveling and, uh, and I've been going around just talking with different people and I've been hearing a pattern of, um, which this is, again, this is new to me, of a pattern of DC being a tough territory and that not anybody, uh, not any ministry can just grow here and stay on a constant growth. Um, because territory, I don't know what the word is, but it's a tough territory when it comes to how darkness operates the principalities that operate in this area. Yeah. Um, what, what are you seeing for this area right now? What is God showing you? I believe that the DMV or the DC metropolitan area, I can, I call this region, the DMV. Right. So the Northern part of Virginia, the Eastern, I guess the Eastern part of Maryland and DC itself. Yep. Um, I call it um I call it the DMV. I believe prophetically speaking that revival and awakening are very much so on the mind of God. Yeah. I believe God really wants to touch America period and it would only make sense for God to do it first in the seat of power in America. Yep. And so um, people have told me the DMV is a rough territory. I've been in the DMV all my life. Um, and I'm, even though I've, not been, I've only been pastoring for about three and a half years here, um, I've been leading ministry for over 10 years here. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I've learned is they're very unbelieving here. But mm-hmm. the answer to the issue is the supernatural. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of churches are not being successful in growing their churches or seeing revival is because they're not pursuing the supernatural. Signs and wonders convince people. People, I found that people are much more receptive to God when they're sure he's real. Right. And so the thing that's really grown our church is that we cast out devils. We heal the sick. We prophesy. We make sure you, when you leave our church, whether you give your life to him, you're going to know without a shadow of doubt that he's real at least. Right. And people, once they get that last confirmation, oh, he's real. What can I do to serve him? How do I come to know him? He's real and he loves me. It's a wrap. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I, um, uh, Jonathan and Carlos was something, uh, two people that were actually talking to me about that and, and the importance of that. Um, because recently, you know, what I had to understand first as a, as a new believer was, was, um, was the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even first. Cause you're absolutely right. When, when I first came to the church, the first thing, the real first thing was somebody prophesying over me, somebody right. giving me a word of knowledge, right? Speaking uh, about things that they shouldn't have known about, which was um, uh, one of those people was Isaac. Mm-hmm. And um, and me being like, what's going on here? How you know that? Because he never seen me. We never seen each other. Nobody knows right. me here. And he's talking about, you know, me being, you know, my artistry and everything. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um 
And so, man, I now I'm on the path of like, okay, I really, uh, I'm seeking the Holy Spirit um, a lot. Like th- this whole year right now has been to seek the Holy Spirit because I do want to operate in the power of the Spirit. Right. Um, and so, man, I appreciate you sharing these testimonies and just sharing your experiences because even for me, it's super encouraging. Could you share another testimony? Do you have another testimony up your sleeve right now that, that you know, could just impact people? Definitely. I would, I can go come back to the most impressionable healing or miracle I've seen okay. um, in my ministry. It was, I would say back in 2015, I believe I went on a 21 day fast, Okay. In the middle of fast, no food, just water, apple juice, and tea. Um, maybe like a few cups of coffee because, you know, I need it. Um, but um, I went on this fast 21 days straight. And this um, woman came into the ministry I was helping lead. It was called Meta at the time. I don't think it exists anymore. But um, this woman came in in a wheelchair on oxygen. Um, um, she was technically on dialysis as well, but not there, obviously. But she was going weekly to dialysis for her kidney, for her kidneys. Um, she had just got out the hospital for trying to commit suicide in a wheelchair on oxygen, um, and just in really bad shape. And the Holy Spirit, the moment they opened both doors to let her in with her wheelchair, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I was preaching that night. He said, if you pray for her, I'm going to heal her. And I said, bet. And so I'm sitting there the entire service, like itching, just like, just let me at her. Just let me at her. Just let me at her. <laughs> and like, they're like, worship's going on. And I'm like... You know, just looking at her, like make, like make sure she doesn't leave. And so as soon as I got done preaching, I said, do you want to be healed? And she was like, yeah. I said, do you believe you can be healed? She said, yeah. I, I didn't even touch the woman. I point my finger at her and I said, in Jesus name, be healed. The woman, the power of God hit the woman so hard, her wheelchair started rolling backwards. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, this woman, I was trying to, I was trying to get her to be careful because, you know, part of my human side was like, oh, God, I can see the news article now. Woman dies at Meta. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would not be good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Jesus. Like, but she was full of faith. Yeah. She, she just got out of the hospital for trying to commit suicide. Wow. She, ru- she ra- rips the oxygen out of her nose. Wow. And stands out the wheelchair like nobody's business. And I'm like. Like she wasn't supposed to be able to walk. Matter of fact, she wasn't supposed to do anything without oxygen because her lungs could have collapsed, I believe. So she, so she starts running around the room, hopping and skipping without the oxygen and starts pushing her wheelchair around. Next thing you know, it, she says, I feel sick. All of a sudden she throws up and gets delivered from the spirit of suicide. Wow. Next thing you know, all of a sudden she had never been filled with the Holy Ghost. She erupts in tongues and gets filled with the Holy Ghost on the spot. This all took place in the span of two minutes. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> it's just two pop, minutes. Pop, pop, bam, 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 bam. By the time she got done, we were all on our face, the entire church on our face. Her nephew got so scared that he ran out the church and ran out the building. It was, it was a wild encounter. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited, man. You, your church is moving closer to me. Um, you guys are going to be about 30 minutes away from me right now. You're an hour away. Oh, wow. And, uh, um, I am excited because I definitely want to visit more often. 
um, and just capture, you know, what's happening out there. Because I, I do believe um, that there is revival um, in the waters for the DMV area. Absolutely. And um, um, God has revealed that to me even um, um, uh, creatively. Mm. Um, and so I'm super excited, man. I thank you for for coming on the podcast, for making the time to, to yeah. uh, share all this amazing testimony. Is there anything... Um, any last words that you can share for uh, the viewers right now? Yeah, actually, this is um, something interesting. Before, earlier today, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about you um, and about this um, this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe um, the Lord wants me actually to pray for people who have pain in their body and also who um, have never felt the presence of God. And I felt like the Lord said, if I did this, that when you put this out there, if people watch the thing and watch this particular clip, that they would yeah. get healed and feel the presence of God. Mm, come on. So are you okay with that if I do that? Yes. Come on, man. I'm okay, okay with that. <laughs> come on, people healed. What do you mean? Let's All go. Right. Um, so Father, in Jesus' name, I speak to every infirmity, um, to people who will be watching or listening to this podcast, um, to this video. Um, I command all pain to leave people's bodies immediately in Jesus' name. Every bit of pain under the sound of my voice, I command you to be healed. There's even somebody who's going to end up watching this video. You have an issue in the left side of your neck. The Lord is healing that right now in Jesus' name. There's somebody else with an issue in your right shoulder. The Lord is healing that right shoulder right now. I command the pain to go from a 10 to a zero. If you've had an issue in your neck or shoulder, begin to move it around, begin to lift that shoulder up. The Lord is healing you right now in Jesus name. There's also somebody with a back issue. The Lord is healing that right now. Also somebody with a, um, a bad headache on the sides of your head. The Lord is healing that headache. When you get healed, I want you to reach out to Eric and testify that you've been healed. I command all pain, bone spurs. I don't know what that even is, but I just heard that in the Holy Spirit. I command all bone spurs in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be resolved, be dissolved, and be made whole now in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for every person who has never felt the presence of God before. I lose the tangible manifestation. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> the tangible manifestation of the presence of God onto this broadcast now. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, I want every person who's listening to me, say, Holy Spirit, come touch me. And Holy Spirit, as they say that, touch their face, touch their hands, touch their chest, touch their shoulders, touch their back. In Jesus' name, the tangible, even Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would fill people with the Holy Spirit from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen again. Yeah, you know, Jordan, as you were, I'm going to do this because if I don't, I'm going to feel awfully bad. Go but as it. you were, as you were praying, um, I saw a foot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to go ahead and pray for healing yeah, pray, over pray, anybody's pray. foot. So, Father, we just thank you right now, Father, that you are restoring any any broken foot, any pains in, in foot right now. Jesus, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for a complete restoration of anybody watching right now that has a pain on their foot. I thank you. Fill them, Holy Spirit, with your presence. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, yeah, I have to say this also. Somebody else, um, you're, uh, there's an issue in your right arm. 
Um, I felt heat go up to my right arm. I command you be made whole in your arm and your wrist in Jesus' name. Amen. Just had to do that. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Jordan, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making the time. This was amazing. This is the first time we pray for healing on the podcast. <laughs> so this is amazing. You do it more often, man. I promise you, people are going to start getting healed. I'm, I'm, I might just have to, man. This is, yeah, I mean, the testimonies, they're coming, man. Oh, man, I love it. So thank you again, bro. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Um, just remember to follow us at The Wandering Sun on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We are on, on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, if you want to follow Jordan, all his information, uh, his information and the church's information will be in the description below, whether you're tuning in on YouTube, Spotify or Apple Music, you can find it there. Um, just thank you for tuning in. I pray that Holy Spirit continues to fill your life and continues to bring peace and joy into your life. If you got healed today, please email me at eric at thewanderingson.com. We would love to hear from you. And we just thank you and pray that God continues to bless you. So we'll see you next week with a new episode. Peace, guys.